0: tribulations and pains that Jesus had to go through to bring redemption to man is better imagined than experienced. The Savior, the Son of God, emptied the wrath of God upon himself. The wrath that was destined to be consumed by you and I, he took. He did all these just to satisfy the demand of justice that we were to face as a consequence of the sin nature that had condemned us to receiving the punishment that was due. Why did he have to do it? All for love. He did it just so we could have a place to dwell eternally, in the presence of God, in peace and glory, rather than fire and affliction. So why do we celebrate Easter? Or what do we celebrate at Easter? Or I think a more revealing question should be, who do we celebrate at Easter? What is your idea of Easter? And what have you been celebrating it for? 5, 10, 30, or maybe even 50 years? It's all for the remembrance of the events that unfolded to the great sacrifice, the death of Christ on the cross. Well, It didn't just end at the death. What meaning would this have? No. He rose again. And this is the good news that Christ suffered, was killed, and yet rose again on the third day. This is our hope of salvation and our joy of celebrating Easter. The story, or the record, if I may say, is very intriguing might just get some people believing this was just another story. But the reality of these events remains true and have not only been spoken of by the Bible, but also have been backed by historical records. These events are indisputable. Let's talk about these events again. Let them remind us of this season that we celebrate. Let us see it again from the landscape of reality and not just a Story that was written. So as you listen, let the truth of this sacrifice become more conscious to you as you walk your walk of salvation in perspective. We all know the life and early beginning of Jesus, how he was truly extraordinary and supernatural beyond doubt. He did all manner of miracles as the Bible and even historical records record. He was truly the son of the immortal God in the flesh. Now fast forward to the time he knew that he was about to die, because the Pharisees and the leaders of the law were completely at odds with him. His ways were different. His were the ways from above, the ways of God, that were true and contrary to their ways. So, these parties who were seeking a way to get Jesus, eventually did. They had an inside man, Judas, who although was a disciple of Jesus, was tempted by the devil into this regrettable act that would have its consequences not long after. Now, they were at the Last Supper, termed this because it was the last time Jesus and his disciples would sit to have supper before the death of Jesus they were at the table having a feast that they weren't aware was going to be their last before their master would be taken from them and killed while at the supper some discussions came up as usual and in fact Jesus gave them as many clues as possible but this time he spoke openly to them that they may know what was about to happen. But who would have thought it would happen so soon, that the Lord who had always been with them, shielding them from all negative external forces, would soon be taken from them, causing them hurt and sadness. While at the table, Jesus spoke about the one who was about to betray him, Judas Iscariot. But, as always, they were not really sure of the timing. Like, when would this happen? They had no idea it was just a few hours to come. Oh, had they known, would they have done anything differently? What would you have done if you were in their shoes? Giving them this insight, they began to be grieved, as would any person who just heard that they were about to lose their closest beloved friend. Well, people may cry for different reasons, some may cry because they are about to lose their meal ticket, and some may cry out of true love, and honestly, it looked like they were crying for a genuine reason. But, the one who was about to betray Jesus, Judas Iscariot, did he also cry at that moment? Was he grieved? This was one of the things Jesus spoke about at the table, his soon betrayal, Two other things he spoke about, which were recorded. One, the Lord's Supper, and two, Peter's denial. Jesus went further to tell them about the new tradition that had been inaugurated by the implication of the Last Supper. So, this was how and where Jesus commanded them, and us, by extension, on the observance of the Lord's Supper, or the communion, as we call it today. They received the command, and we still obey this command to this day as a remembrance of the Lord Jesus on the night which he was arrested and began his final journey to the cross. As if the night was not sour enough, here was Jesus making yet another troubling revelation about another of his disciples, Peter, this time. Jesus rightly predicting the denial of Peter one of his most dependable disciples would have gotten heads turning we would begin to question the fidelity of this gathering and all that had been all this time all the love and feast together were they all lie? what was happening it looked like everything was suddenly falling apart but why so quickly what was all this And just as these questions were probably running through the minds of these now downcast disciples, the worst was about to happen. Here comes Judas, the betrayer. In the company of a multitude of soldiers and all manner of authority, coming as if to apprehend the most wanted man on their list, well, Jesus, he probably was. They finally had Jesus. Oh, what a joy for them. An opportunity that the leaders had so much coveted to take away this threat that had stolen all the crowd that used to revere and honor them. It was high time. Jesus, of course, already expected them and only prayed for strength to stand and complete his mission to the letter. Jesus was already in the garden of Gethsemane expecting what was coming next. And though he tried to indulge the disciples in the prayers he was making, they failed him. Their flesh was too weak to sustain them on the journey of prayer with Jesus. After being betrayed by Judas's kiss, he was arrested and taken straight to the court of the high priest, who questioned Jesus for a while, seeking to know the truth of the matter. False witnesses came to try and nail a crime on Jesus, but... When they were ineffective, Jesus had to implicate himself just so he could be killed and fulfill the destiny before him. It was funny that Jesus himself had to make his own death possible. He had not responded to the high priest in a manner that was surely going to get him in trouble. He probably would have been a free man again. But this was not his plan. This wasn't his plan destiny. Not to escape the cross. So, Jesus implies he is the son of God and has them vexed. So they beat him and insulted him and eventually sent him to the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. Pilate tried Jesus and after receiving stark silence from Jesus came to the conclusion that Jesus should be killed just as the chief priests and the Jews were demanding. Again, Here was Jesus doing something that was just what was needed to nail a crime on you successfully, not defending yourself. All these events were known to Jesus as certain to happen. It's safe to say that Jesus intentionally put himself in harm's way because here he was before Herod, who was happy to finally meet him after hearing so much about him. But Jesus would not be tempted into using this get-out-of-jail-free card. He knew just what he had to do. If it were you, what would you have done? Could you withstand the pressures that come your way just so God would be glorified? Remember, Jesus had the power to lay down his life and also pick it up. So this was a conscious decision He He said in John chapter 10, verse 17 through 18, Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life so that I might take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down from myself. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it again. I have received this commandment from my Father. You also have the privilege of deciding to lay down your life or not. But would you lay it down for God? Let us pray. Dear Father, give me a heart like Jesus. A heart that is not afraid to obey you and do your will. Give me the power and courage to fulfill your will for my life. Help me to totally subject myself to your instructions and directions. Give me the grace to obey you always, Lord, without fear or timidity. My life is yours, Lord. Use me to bring glory to yourself. No matter the circumstance, help me submit not only my spirit, but my flesh, my will, and everything that I have to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.